0: to today's episode of Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. I'm Dr. Tio Wan Lin. Now we're going to talk about hair today. As you may have known, I am the author of a book on hair titled The Hair Care Bible Dermatologist Tips on Hair Care and Hair Loss, which is available on Amazon Books, Apple Books, as well as Google.
1: Yes, I've actually gone to read your book, and I can't wait to get into some of those topics today. Well, before we go into that, I wanted to introduce a little bit about the importance of hair. There's no denying the link between hair and our personal identity. While we can try on clothes, dress them up or down, or discard them, our hair is part of our bodies, and unlike other physical attributes, it can be easily modified. We still find ourselves attached to certain styles, thinking our shirt bob or long ponytail as fundamental to who we are as our eye color or height. While hair can be a signifier of personal identity, it also can function as a group identity or belonging. Choosing to cover or wear your hair in a particular manner can demonstrate religious and ethnic affiliation. Hair is important in many religions and considered sacred in many cultures. For example, most practicing Muslim women believe that their hair should not be visible to public, and it is the same with Sikh men. Native Americans, on the other hand, protect their hair and as they believe it gives them power and connects them to nature. As all of these examples indicate, hair is enormously symbolic. So it is unsurprising that hair thinning or hair loss can enormously affect one's confidence. That being said, these conditions are treatable with help. But before we go into that, we should first understand, what are the causes of hair loss?
0: You are absolutely right, Chelsea. Now, for the purposes of today's podcast episode, we're going to start with the commonest causes of hair loss. Both men and women can suffer from a genetically induced hair loss condition known as androgenetic alopecia, also known as male pattern or female pattern hair loss. It is primarily driven by your personal genetics, uh, which result in increased sensitivity of certain scalp receptors to the circulating male hormone testosterone. Now, not that it is due to a hormonal, uh, hormonal imbalance, but the fact that both men and women actually have testosterone in their bodies post-puberty, but an individual who suffers from androgenetic alopecia, or AGA for short, um, actually develops hair fall because of the reaction that these scalp receptors have in response to the circulating amounts of testosterone, which is different from that of an individual who doesn't have have the genetic tendency to develop AGA. It's also important and relevant for us to touch on how the hair grows at this juncture. Um, The majority of hair on your head is actually in a growing phase we know as anagen. When it falls out, Um, It's a process known as catagen, and then into telogen, which is the final resting phase of the hair cycle. If you've heard of the term telogen effluvium, now that's the medical term for individuals who suffer from hair fall related to a disruption in the hair cycle. Um, Commonest causes of telogen effluvium is related to postpartum hair loss, um, a reaction to major illnesses. For example, if you were hospitalized for pneumonia, in this part of the world, Singapore, dengue, or in, in the case of the current ongoing pandemic, we know that there have been increasing numbers of individuals who suffer from hair fall after contracting COVID. This is actually a reversible process um, where the body actually responds to this stressful event in their life and in an individual's life by shedding their hair, but their hair will grow back. So it's a hundred percent reversible process. Other causes of hair loss can be related to the scalp itself. So if you have symptoms of scalp sensitivity, pimples, flaking, um, colloquially known as dandruff, uh, you may actually have a true disorder of the scalp um, known as seborrheic dermatitis uh, due to overgrowth of yeast uh, present on your scalp, um, or even scalp folliculitis, which is when you present with a lot of pimple-like lesions on the scalp and it can be due to uh, an imbalance of the scalp bacteria, yeast and other microorganisms. Having an oily scalp, for example, may also predispose you to having a disturbed um, what we call scalp microbiome.
1: It's so interesting to know that so many different factors can go into hair loss. While I do get strands of stray hair fall, say when I'm washing my hair or combing it, How can I tell if my hair fall is a sign of something more serious?
0: What I find is a useful screening tool um, is what we call the hair pull test. So it's a test that we perform uh, during examination of the patient as well, but um, just as a quick check on your own, if you run your hands through your hair and you find that you have more than five strands of hair that uh, comes up with each tug, then it's likely that you have a case of acute hair loss. Um, and this actually is quite worrying uh, because it can progress quite rapidly in certain types of hair fall, um, conditions known as, uh, such as alopecia areata, an autoimmune disease uh, can Present with a positive hair pull, test localized areas of um, what we call non-scarring hair loss. Uh, They can be circular patches um, in uh, alopecia errata, and if it's very rapidly progressive, um, it can uh, go on to alopecia totalis, where you lose all of the hair on your scalp, and even alopecia universalis, which is when you shed all the hair on your body
1: that's a pretty easy test I can do myself at home. In that case, at what stage would I need to see a dermatologist for my hair loss problem?
0: So um, it's important that you visit an accredited dermatologist who can correctly diagnose uh, your problem. So medical cases, uh, medical causes of hair fall can be treated effectively with um, oral medications. In this case, for alopecia areata, um, oral steroids in combination of intralesional injection of uh, steroids can help to arrest um, a very aggressive disease process. Um, it's also very important to rule out any underlying scalp disease. So if you have any of the symptoms of scalp sensitivity, pain, pimples in your scalp, dandruff, Um, All these are symptoms of possible scalp inflammation. Uh, It could be due to seborrheic dermatitis, scalp folliculitis, which we discussed earlier. And it is very important to get it diagnosed and treated. Uh, one thing to note is that, you know, elaborate uh, scalp uh, cleansing um, treatments and all that, they're actually not evidence-based uh, for the treatment of any sort of uh, hair loss condition. Uh, what's important though is prescription medications uh, as well as, you know, medicated shampoos. It can be applied on your scalp and you can do that at home on your own uh, to treat your underlying uh, scalp problem, but you certainly do not need to visit a salon for that.
1: That's good to know because every time I go to cut my hair at the salon, they will recommend all sorts of scalp treatments that I supposedly need. Well, on the flip side, what can I expect at the dermatologist's office? How will a dermatologist diagnose my hair condition?
0: When you visit a dermatologist, uh, it's important to note that there is a very systematic way, uh, you know, a dermatologist would approach the problem of hair loss. Now, the clinical examination would show us, um, you know, would tell us if it's a case of scarring or non-scarring hair loss. So in scarring hair loss, which is less common than non-scarring hair loss, um, the hair follicles are actually permanently damaged and the hair will not grow back again. Um, in the case of non-scarring hair loss, um, you know, we will analyze the distribution of the hair fall. So in the case of uh, an individual who has underlying um, sort of medical conditions such as disorders of the thyroid uh, level, hyper- or hypothyroidism, um, anemia, uh, All this can cause increased shedding of the hair due to a disturbance of the hair cycle. If there has been an acute event in the preceding three to six months, uh, it could be a case of postpartum hair loss, for example, related to telogen effluvium. Um, but th- when we examine the scalp as well there are many clues which will uh, direct us so if you have uh, symptoms signs of scalp flaking um, and uh, you know increased uh, parting of the um, hair at the vertex so that would tell us uh, a few things so if you have um, oily scalp so seborrhea and uh, in conjunction with increased parting of the of the hairline uh, it is possible that you have early androgenetic alopecia and it can occur as early as you know i've seen individuals in their early 20s who have a strong family history of AGA who presented to us this
1: way you mentioned a link between oily scalp and AGA. Can you elaborate on this? If I have an oily scalp, does that predispose me to androgenetic alopecia? Um, so a note about how oily scalp can relate to androgenetic
0: alopecia. Now on its own, it's not causative, meaning that it's not a direct cause of androgenetic alopecia, but it's an associated symptoms. Now they have follicles all have sebaceous glands, oil glands, which produce oil, sebum, to lubricate the hair shaft. So if you have thinning hair, what happens is the uh, hair follicles continue to produce the same amount of sebum. um, And obviously you have less hair now to lubricate and overall that's just retained on your scalp as excess sebum. So excess sebum itself, is um, possibly a, a cause for concern because it predisposes you to conditions uh, relating to a disturbed scalp microbiome.
1: Well, it is also known that the progression of androgenetic alopecia tends to be very slow. In that case, can this process be reversed? Is male slash female pattern hair loss curable? Well,
0: androgenetic alopecia is, uh, strictly speaking, not curable uh, because the Underlying problem is in one's genetics. Um, however, the correct approach uh, towards the diagnosis is actually early um, uh, treatment and prevention. So, if you have family members, uh, especially male relatives who have lost their hair, uh, um, you know, there's a very typical pattern you can look out for uh, what we call vertex thinning. Um, which is thinning of the hair over the top of their head. Um, for males, the pattern uh, is more like a recession of the hairline, uh, what we call the M-shaped pattern. Um, and in females, we look for a widened center parting. So, while the hair follicle in, and, uh, while well, the hair follicles in individuals who suffer from AGA are actually alive, the, the hair follicles over many years, uh, actually undergoes a process which is irreversible, um, known as miniaturization and, um, you know, over, decade even. It's a very slowly progressive condition. Uh, However, once it happens, it's not possible for you to reverse that. So, uh, you know, when the hair grows and falls out, Miniaturization means that every time it grows back, it becomes finer and finer until it becomes what we call a velous hair or baby hair, which, you know, after a while, it's it's just not very visible at at all. And this is the reason why uh, individuals with AGA actually end up with this sort of very smooth, shiny scalp appearance.
1: Genetics really does play an important role in this condition, so do look out for any signs of hair loss in your family members. Well, if this condition is incurable, are we still able to treat it? What are the options available for hair loss treatment? The...
0: Evidence based approaches to androgenetic alopecia are as follows. Um, we are familiar with the medication Minoxidil, um, marketed by its uh, trade names Regain Progain. Um, it's actually derived from um, a medicine previously uh, used to treat hypertension. Um, it's been compounded in a topical formula for the treatment of androgenetic alopecia. However, this topical is limited by uh, certain scalp uh, irritation. Side effects. So, uh, individuals who have uh, dandruff sensitivity may not be suited uh, to use minoxidil. Uh, what we do use in my practice is uh, something from our pharmacy. It's for the treatment of uh, androgenetic alopecia, telogen effluvium, as well as other types of um, hair fall or scalp inflammatory disorders. It's essentially a scalp antioxidant um, consisting of copper tripeptide. Um, it helps the overall health of the scalp, it can also be used with microneedling to increase the absorption and penetration of the serum in terms of encouraging hair to grow. So um, something else we we want to talk about now would be, um, you know, home use devices. So we're familiar with laser diode um, combs, uh, which have been cleared by the FDA for uh, stimulating hair growth. So red light, yellow light, these are used in the clinic setting with um, large machines uh, over a period of three to six months, um, regular, at regular, Intervals. This can stimulate the hair follicle, uh, hair follicles to grow as well. So, um, in terms of a combination of all these therapies, I find that. Um, an individual who, uh, implements all of these, uh, measures will have a better result than one who just focuses on, say, just the topicals alone. Um, the reason is, is really because I, I feel that there is just a limit to, um, you know, how well, um, the hair Regrowth process occurs via a certain pathway. So, um, for laser devices, our pharmacy um, under the biomaterials arm actually um, has a razor comb, which is the laser diode, established laser diode uh, technology combined with radio frequency, uh, which helps to stimulate hair growth. Um, radio frequency itself is an established technology to stimulate uh, collagen production. Uh, and it's interesting and important for us to note that we uh, do have sufficient evidence in, the, in dermatology research that links, um, you know, the, this particular uh, wound healing microenvironment uh, stimulation of collagen to the uh, process that can uh, also stimulate hair regrowth. And this is where radiofrequency has been found to be beneficial in both situations.
1: It does make sense that implementing and combining treatment plans will yield better results than just focusing on one treatment alone. Well, in the same vein, on the topic of innovations in hair growth and hair loss treatments, while this may not sound relevant yet, hear me out. We know that the nose is where predominantly we have these olfactory receptors or smell receptors that play a central role in the sense of smell. Well, actually, these expressed olfactory receptors are not just restricted to the nasal epithelium, but it also occurs in various human tissues. In 2014, there was an original article published in the Journal of Investigative Dermatology, which actually showed there was expression of olfactory receptors in keratinocytes, which is the main cell type of the epidermal layer, the topmost layer of the skin. And these actually enable the skin cells to react to different types of stimulus in the environment, and subsequently process this information as well. Can you tell us more about this?
0: So, uh, yes, Chelsea, that is indeed a very interesting uh, study. So, um, the paper itself identified that this synthetic sand- sandalwood alderine, um known as sandalore, uh, was actually functioning as what we call an agonist of the receptor OR2AT4, um, and this is expressed in the skin and also in the scalp. So what happens is that the researchers found it causes strong production of calcium signals, and we know this directly stimulates wound healing and re-epithelization, which is the process that causes wounded skin, injured skin, to heal. This is really fascinating because as we mentioned before, the process of stimulating hair regrowth in an individual with hair loss is very much similar in terms of its um, unique cellular microenvironment to that of uh, wound healing. So if we are able to stimulate the wound healing process, we can recreate the optimal environment for wound healing, then your chances of stimulating hair regrowth will be proportionately increased. Now, in 2018, uh, in the top journal, um, in the top scientific journal, Nature, we find that um, a group of researchers actually confirmed this that the olfactory receptor, uh, which was men- mentioned before in the previous study, actually directly regulates human hair growth in an X5O study. So, um, conversely, when they silenced this receptor, it blocked hair growth. Um, well, when the uh, receptor is stimulated with the synthetic sandalwood odorant, it also prolongs human hair growth. It increases the growth phase of the uh, hair, the energy cycle. Um, it reduces the chances of cell death and also uh, increases the uh, growth factor IGF-1.
1: Well, the mechanism behind wound healing and hair regrowth is really a fascinating one. Well, Good news for those suffering with hair loss, the Sandalore Hair Growth Comb is designed to stimulate and support rigorous, healthy hair growth when used regularly. Could you elaborate more on this? Yes Chelsea um so just to add
0: on we have the latest study here on uh law which was published in 2020 um about a 1% solution of Sandalore was used in patients who suffered from telogen effluvium uh which we mentioned before uh, actually can result from very common um you know states such as the uh, postpartum pregnancy states and uh you know having a major illness chronic major illnesses, for example, you've been hospitalized with pneumonia, dengue, or um, in the case of the pandemic, COVID-19, then three to four months after the major event, you can find yourself having hair fall, and that's telogen effluvium. So in this study, the 1% Sanda law, when topically applied to the scalps of these patients who suffered from telogen effluvium, actually reduced the signs of the uh, disease itself, the condition itself. So it really supports the previous studies, uh, which are ex-vival studies about the, uh, you know, prolonged effects of uh, Sandalore on the hair cycle itself, which is very, very beneficial.
1: Well, that's it for today's episode. We've discussed the various causes of hair loss and when to see a dermatologist for your hair condition. We also covered various hair loss treatment options and recent innovations in hair growth treatments, namely Sandalore, that targets olfactory receptors for hair growth. You can follow Dr. Teo on Instagram at Dr. Teo Wanlin for more podcast updates and also head over to www.scienceofbeauty.net where you can find the full podcast transcript.